Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. Jason Mewes. Guess what's happening this week, man, on Thursday, February 2nd. What's happening? Fucking look at you playing the role. If you're going to be that good, nobody's going to show up, dude. We're going back to the movie screens. You and me in a movie theater. I need a better performance. Let's do this again. Take two. Get Ready? Uh, uh, guess what's happening on Thursday, February 2nd. What's happening, my friend? There you go. That's the performance we all know and love. There it is, snooch to the nooch. Uh, that's right. Jay and Silent Bob get old. The podcast that's going to be streaming like a big piss-stained fucking fountain of urine coming out of Muse's little wiener. Uh, right into theaters. That's right. Jay and Silent Bob are back on the screen for the first time in a new way that you've never seen them before. Two dudes sitting at a table and talking to one another. And you can watch it in a movie theater. And here's the thing. It's happening live, streaming into theaters everywhere. Go to livefrombehind.com for details. While it's happening, you can ask us questions. First half of the show is me and Muse doing Jay and Silly Bob Get Old. Sit to the news! Nice little taste of it right there. That first taste is free, bitch. Everything after that costs. <laughs> after that, we do a Q&A, me and Muse. And Muse is going to stand in for you as we pull your questions off of Titter. For, uh, titter. Yeah. Yeah. Muse could pull your titter. That's a new one. Yeah. As we pull your questions off of Twitter... Uh, with a special hashtag that we'll give you that evening in theaters. It's going to be grand. You're going to be asking those questions. We're going to be talking to the screen like you're there. It's going to be like uh, like that Purple Rose of Cairo movie, man. I just lost half the audience by referencing an old Woody Allen movie. Uh, but in any event, it's going to be fucking cool. This has never happened before, to my never. knowledge. Nobody's podcasted in the movie theater streaming. Never. This is like going to see one of them Dave Matthews Band concerts in, in a movie theater, but it's not Dave Matthews Band, and it's not entertaining. It's you and I. Yes, and it's, just, it's live. And it's live. Bitch. I don't think a band's even done it live. One night only, 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 only. Hello, hello, hello. That's right, man. One night only, Thursday, February 2nd. Go to livefrombehind.com or csmod.com. Click on the link. Find out if it's playing in a theater near you. Get your ass there, man. Sit down and interact with us. Watch us. Do our podcast live. And then we'll Q&A with you. Ask questions. It's like the future, bitch. It's, Eat popcorn. It's going to be like, it's like the Jetsons. A, a big television screen is going to be barking. I'm like space. I'm like, Jetson! When you're in the theater, that's all I'm going to do for an hour and a half. Jetson! And by the way, this is a three-hour event. Hour and a half, Jane, Silent Bob, get old podcast. Hour and a half Q&A afterwards that you'll be involved in. Know what my goal is? What? After this, next time, yeah. 3D. Oh. So while they're in their seats, I'm going to reach out and I'll be able to tickle the bung piece. The dream. That's See? the future. Support this kind of effort in the future. Real 3D with Muse. Yes. Uh, there it is, man. Thursday, February 2nd. Come on out and see us. Go to livefrombehind.com for ticket information or csmod.com. We'll see you at the movies. Yeah, yeah. Team Jack, episode 17, Absent Friends. I'm going to drone on for a while, and then I'm going to let Greg Yolen drone on, and uh, we'll hear less from Matt Cohen and our special guest star, Jared Hunt, until Hi, Jared. a little deeper into the show. Hello. It's good to be here. Um, so, Damien Bona just died, and uh, for those who have never heard of Damien, um, he and Bill met at Columbia together. And uh, they were two, um, my partner Bill, and they were two little Oscar obsessives at age 10 when I was getting it, well, not in the same year or whatnot, but uh, anyway, Bill Bill and Damien were both like hardcore, hardcore, even by college, like students of the history of the Academy Awards, why things went went the way they did in certain races in certain years and then what happened on the actual show and all the behind the scenes trivia, all that stuff is only too little uh, gay kids could be. Uh, <laughs> Damien, I think probably from somewhere in New York or maybe Connecticut and Bill from um, Queens. And um, they met at Columbia, uh, fast friends. Uh, there was another friend uh, as well named Mason Wiley. And uh, they were all equally obsessed with the Academy Awards, um, specifically not just a not just award shows or whatnot, more movie awards, but specifically the Oscars. The tradition of uh, Bill Condon's dorm room or Bill Condon's Oscar party was born in his dorm room, which is a tradition that continues somewhat to this day when we're, we haven't been attending 
or um, the year that he produced the show. And uh, anyway, Damien and Mason ended up writing a book called Inside Oscar, which is um, still considered, I think, by many, if not most, to be the most authoritative, comprehensive history of the show. Uh, certainly at that time, it was the first, I believe it was the first book of its kind ever written. It's quite a weighty tome, uh, about as thick as a, um, a large city's telephone book. <laughs> it's huge. It's unbelievable. Doorstop. Um, and Mason died of AIDS, I think in the late eighties or early nineties. Um, Damien sort of became the go-to guy for the New York Times when they would have, you know, many decades prior to their hiring David Carr, a.k.a. the carpetbagger, who was mm-hmm. their Oscar season blogger, um, or reporter, I should say, not blogger. But uh, right. um, Damien was the go-to guy who would write the who would write that article, sort of the one article that the New York Times would deign to publish in any given year on uh the Oscar race that year or, you know, what to expect on when the show went off. It didn't always used to be on Sunday. Um, and, uh, Damien, that sort of, um, (sighs) dead air, dead air. He, (laughs) after publishing that book, um, and writing that article for the New York times, he continued to work on, screenplays of his own he continued to work uh at scadden which is a huge law firm in manhattan uh where bill actually got him a job as a proofreader back in like 1974 i think mm-hmm. uh he and bill both started as proofreaders and um Damien continued to work there all these years, um, I think mostly on the night shift so that he could do his own thing during the day. And um, he did publish a revised edition of Inside Oscar a few years ago. I feel like it was within the last decade Mm -hmm. and um, had just done a deal for yet another uh, revision to Inside Oscar that I think was going to maybe be online only um, given where publishing is seems to be headed these days. And uh, anyway, um, he did came, he did come out for the 81st first uh, annual Academy Awards in 2008, which bill or actually no, uh, it would have been 2009. I'm sorry. Beginning of 2009 for the produced. Was that your first um, job after that was my first starting job work with bill? Working with Bill, yeah, and that was when I met Damien, as well. Um, and we I should guess, say just for just to uh, I'm always so like it's all about specificity. We should say for the uninitiated or whatever that Bill and Lawrence Mark, Larry Mark, were executive producers of the show, and where that show is concerned, as goes most of television, there is no there you know beyond the network or whatever. There really is no higher power. Mm-hmm. Than the executive producer versus in movie credits, an executive producer, you sort of have to know somebody who worked on the specific movie to have any sense of what a specific executive producer right. credit means on any given feature film. Um, you can, and that's it, 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 that goes for producer and then definitely for executive or producer. associate producer, co-producer, all be, that stuff. It, it can encompass so many different things. Some producers are money. Some producers are very hands-on, um, but certainly... Some producers got the credit because they were Bruce Willis's manager that's and attached exactly right. Bruce Willis, Managers, uh, got Bruce Willis to say the, yes to the The only people the who can't get producer credits are agents, and that's the difference between managers and agents. And why can't they get producing credits? Because they are licensed by the state of California. That's right. Although... Unlike well, managers. Without without digressing too much, WME or Endeavor... William Morris Endeavor. Uh, ...has a company that more or less uh, back-channels this and allows uh, agents to make movies. Well, that's interesting. Um, at any rate... Should you be talking about that? Uh, they they don't realize that. They, cut, the, <laughs> cut the mic. Cut the feed. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I, in in the 81st annual Academy Awards, uh, which Bill and Larry Mark uh, produced, yeah. I mean, they were certainly very hands-on. I think this is extremely hands-on. Something that Bill had really been uh, uh, talking with Damien for a very long time about doing. And, Forever. And Damien came and was there uh, as we were putting up the show, and uh, it was it was a thrill uh, from my very wee vantage point to see him and Bill, both of whom I respected so greatly, just get giddy because yeah. they were completely giddy over like yeah. the fact that they were really putting on this show. And it was, this it is was, it. It was this amazing. This is the show's show. It's the, it's the most watched award show out of all award shows. Yeah. Every year, it's like by far, what were, what's, how many people are tuning in? A billion and four billion. Something. Four it's billion a crazy people. number. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's a crazy number by any measure and compared well, it's to one, like it's the, the Grammys or award the award ceremony that transcends culture. I mean, yeah. you know, people as, acro- as across do the pond don't really fucking know what the Grammys are or the, yeah. you know, country music awards. Uh, yeah. Of course, in America, the CMAs are, you know, the most important <laughs> event of the year, but... Exactly. Everywhere, everywhere else, the uh, the Oscars. But yeah, you can't underestimate the raw excitement of after years and years and years and years of, first of all, never losing touch with each other, mm-hmm. never their friendship never really diminishing. They were incredibly uh, close friends since forever. Um, always, always, always found time in their lives to. Um, talk about the Oscars, talk about movies, talk about which way things were going with the races, all that stuff. Uh, For the two of them to find themselves really on the Oscar version of the Bridge of the Enterprise, if you're a Trekker, you get to basically like design the new bridge of the new Enterprise when when you're designing and then with your the designer that you hire, who was David Rockwell Rockwell. in this case, and then you're standing on that stage that you that you've brought into existence and you're determining everything from the order in which awards are presented, who's presenting what. Well, and, and in that everything. Year, it was a, it was a even bigger, uh, reimagination of it, which I know was something that, that Bill and Damien had discussed since they were, you know, yeah, in, dorm, in Columbia, let, like no surface was left or no, no aspect of the show either from in the audience or on the stage was left. No, there untouched was a, a, or status there quo. There was a really unifying uh, revision to it, and this was the year. If if you remember, I mean, that Bill uh, introduced this idea of multiple presenters for a single award. All of these presenters being previous recipients of the so-called this five award. on five. Exactly. So instead of it being one person going up there and showing clips from from the nominated films, you have five Best Supporting Actresses speaking directly to the the nominees in the audience, which was something that, I, I, I mean, was completely new and has, yeah. to various extents, been uh, carried on. I, I wish it would be more. I thought it, it worked brilliantly, but that was something that clearly... It, it worked best in its original it did. form. right. As conceived by and Bill, the following year before it, was it sort of became watered down, or exactly people who had worked with broadened. the nominees. But the the real idea that I think Bill uh, and Damien loved was was that the Academy was welcoming people into into the Academy into an elite and into Academy the winners' fold. ranks. Only eighty first people, or only eighty first people. <laughs> derp, derp, derp. Only eighty one people. Only eighty one people have had ever won an Oscar for. Best Supporting Actor. Right. So here's five of them welcoming the winner into the into those such hallowed uh, those hallowed ranks that include such legends as <laughs> Roberto Benigni, <laughs> James Coburn, <laughs> exactly. Um, um, so they were total kids in a sandbox, and they they absolutely made the most out of every single aspect of that opportunity in terms of what they did for the show. Uh, Anyway, two weeks ago, we got word from New York that uh, Damien had a heart attack um, while working the night shift at Skadden. And uh, it took, uh, sounds like it took about 15 minutes for the EMTs or whatnot to get across Times Square on a busy Saturday night. Uh, they were able to revive him, but it sort of 
took the ensuing two weeks to figure out what exactly was going on inside Damien's head. And uh, then two or three days ago, they figured out that the answer was, unfortunately, right. not they, much. They ran an MRI, and the brain activity was basically non-existent, from what I understand. Yeah. Um, At which point the call went out. And friends have been posting a, on his on Damien's uh, Facebook wall, which unfortunately is not public. I actually checked the other night because Bill doesn't have a Facebook account and kind of wanted. Damien's been reviewing movies on Facebook over the years now, and I know I, he trashing he, movies. <laughs> he, he, he trashes. Movies. What was the last thing that he trashed wonderfully? Oh, The Descendants. The Descendants, which, by the way, I <laughs> thought that was fascinating. How about and the I liked, ending? <laughs> I like The Descendants, but man, like he just tore into it in an incre- you know an incredibly intelligent way i mean like and at the end at the end of the descendants it's it's them scattering. george clooney's isn't it george clooney's wife who was on a respirator yes with little or no brain activity no wonder damien hated that movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so uh friends have been friends who are sort of uh close with damien's partner have been posting updates on the facebook wall so if you're you know if you're one of damien's sort of 250 friends you've known uh, including Sasha Stone and Pete Hammond, who are two preeminent uh, awards, Journalists. sort of awards-specific journos. And um, everybody's known basically for like two or three days that da- as as uh, I think Damien's friend Julia Perlstein wrote, uh, poor, Dear Damien Will Not Wake Up. So they um, put the word out. Uh, that anyone who was interested in coming to say goodbye should probably do so. And then just a few hours ago, I guess, um, took him off the respirator, and five minutes later, he was gone. So, totally bizarre. 57 years old. So young. Totally bizarre. And I don't know, this combined with um, Bingham Ray, who used to run October films for universal before they sort of morph that into focus features right um and what did bingham ray do before october do you remember i don't all i know is that he'd been he'd been around in the independent film scene for a thousand years yeah and he was actually working wasn't he like the he was working for the film society of lincoln center i think when he died but anyway he had a double stroke at sundance this year in park city a couple weeks ago i think probably honestly within a day or so of damien's yep heart attack he's also 57 and so there's just like a weird i i mean i don't even know how how you put it there's like a weird thing in the air right now let's greg yolan thoughts (laughs) (laughs) thank you jack back to you (laughs) yeah it's it's uh it's it's totally weird it's completely fucked up and obviously you can't really rationalize it in any way but what you can say in the case of Damien, is that he actually had a body of published work that is, uh, that, that's phenomenal. I mean, yeah. and I can remember. It's still important. I, it really is. Incredibly it, important. Uh, and the, I just, you have any the, interest the at all in the Oscars? Anniversary edition came out in 1996. I mean, so okay. there's still a lot of ground that he didn't cover, but yeah. then he has other books that have been published on it. Um, and certainly, like, if, if you look him up, Damien Bona, B O N A, uh, he really, at he Amazon, really was preeminent in that, uh, in that field. I remember having that book on my coffee table back in New Haven, Connecticut growing really? up and and reading it. Um You bought it for yourself or your parents? No, it, it was it was something that my parents owned wow. when I was a kid. And so did when you I, tell them that? Uh I did, absolutely. Yeah. Because and when I probably, met him I was like, oh shit, of course. It's it's the one with, you know, Bob Hope and, and Marlon Brando arguing over the Oscar, fighting over yeah. the Oscar on the cover. Yeah. Which was just one of those things when you're a, a child and you know you're going through the books on you know, yeah. your parents' bookshelf, like that was yeah. fascinating. Um when you talk to any of these sort of seasoned Oscar journalists, um Sasha Stone, Chris Tapley, Pete Hammond, Tom O'Neill, David Poland, mm-hmm. I think Few, if any, would dispute that he is sort of, his shadow looms very, very large in this field. You know, not just because he came first, but he did it so uh, in depth. And never, ever, ever, um, at least as far as I know, if Bill was sitting here, I'm sure he'd have a quick example to contradict me, but mm-hmm. never, ever, ever got emotionally involved with a horse in the race. 
Right. Never, ever, ever. And I was actually talking to Sasha the other night, and I said, uh, let that be a lesson to you, Sasha, because Sasha always, always um, gets way involved with, like, the Dark Knight. Of course it needs to be nominated for Best Picture. It will be a travesty if it isn't. Well, dare I say it, he probably would be up in arms over the Descendants this year. He'd probably be. Yeah. If that that goes home, we'll 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 all curse Alexander Payne on Damien's behalf. Will we? Well, I will. Okay. <laughs> um, do you have any other uh, I mean, anecdotes from the production of the 81st show that involved Damien that are kind of funny? Honestly, he was I, hilariously dry. He absolutely incredibly humble. The 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 overarching impression that I just remember is just how how hilarious it was to see him and Bill, you know, all all dolled up and just like <laughs> and just so so nervous and you know, I was like, but you know, you won an Oscar. Like what's the big deal? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, certainly if you're if if you're looking to, if you're at all interested in the Oscars or in film history or something like that, Inside Oscars is one of these books that just like you, you can't top it. Yeah. It's anecdotal, it's interesting, it's informative, uh, and and so the legacy that he leaves is one that actually really is uh, has a real place in film history. Um, yeah. it, as of 2012, for a book yeah. that was written, you know, originally, you know, 25 how many 25 30 years ago almost. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Uh, it's something that. Um, you know, he certainly should be proud of. Yeah. And, uh, and it's a great read. It's a, it's one of those things. It's like, it's pretty, it's a, it's a book funny. written by an obsessive, right? Obsessively for obsessives. That's right. Totally. Which, you know what? If you're gonna, <laughs> if, you're gonna if you want light toilet reading about the, about what's going on in this year's Oscar race, pick up a copy of Entertainment Weekly. <laughs> Bring it into your bathroom. That's right. If you want to go, needless to say, quite a bit deeper. Deeper, yeah. May we recommend Inside Oscar by Damien Bona and Mason Wiley, or vice versa? I'm not quite sure how they're. I think it's credited. Wiley first, Bona second. Is it okay? I think. I think. Yeah. Uh, I can. I can look it up. Not that. It, not that. Incredibly it great sense of humor. Unfortunately, I, I'm already thinking of about half a dozen stories, none of which I can say into this live microphone because they're all they're all offensive in some way they're but all terribly he's funny. unbelievably uh such a quirky personality i think he sort of had a i don't know that i would call it a gentle speech impediment but there was every once in a while there was a little stutter there mm-hmm. as he sort of hesitantly hesitantly advanced something that was really again like offensive <laughs> i don't know what a great guy so it's so true and and dear to my heart as well because he was just the most raging liberal that I'd ever unbelievable come across. Yeah, I mean, I mean, somewhere I'm to very, the left very, of. I'm if very, you say, left, and he if you like, say his politics are are somewhere to the right of Hitler, <laughs> if you have to say the opposite of that, his politics are somewhere, to the, like somewhere to the left who's, of Noam Chomsky or something like that. Okay, He's, okay. he was just bri- you know brilliantly. Uh, he was certainly I brilliantly mean, blue. He was certainly a treasure as a Facebook friend because, man, he was the gift they kept on giving He'd every tear day. It up. Every every day, some new shit would pop up, and it's like, "Ooh, I'm stealing that!" Like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> Look, that's good." Ooh, that's you know, yeah, nice, nicely done, Damien. But yeah, um, yeah, he he really will be missed. It's it's an incredible, non it's a nonsensical loss. It just doesn't and make not any to sense. I mean, obviously not to um make private stuff public but it's it's a shaker for bill i mean he was definitely one of bill's closest friends even yeah. though they didn't live in the same city and um a year older than bill so it's it's totally uh it's crazy i mean it's yeah. crazy what, what are you gonna say bingham ray damian bona it's weird it's all weird he would have uh, appreciated this year's oscars i'm sure well, on some level, on some level, <laughs> he would he would not necessarily have approved, but he would appreciate. Yeah, yeah. He never took. It's weird. Like for an obsessive, he never took it. He never took it that seriously. Well, he was like you know? a clinician in a way. He was very what? a clinician. You know, he's very clinical. Oh, clinician. It. Yeah, clinique. Um, he he, he wore, always counter. wore clinique. The one thing I remember about <laughs> Damien is he always wore clinique. Um. Do we have anything else to say? I mean... Without uh, getting into, like, the yawning horror of life and people falling into the abyss. That's really what I worry about. And and I think we should probably probably leave it on the note of of really missing Damien and and speaking uh, 
as highly as we can of him without uh, engaging our own incredible fear of mortality yeah. and the senselessness the of life and death. Is, we're recording this. I think we started this maybe, I don't know, somewhere in relation to three o'clock um, Pacific time on Sunday afternoon. And by the time we air on, you know, Wednesday morning at 11 o'clock or whatever at smogcast.com, will the obituary be in the New York Times or LA Times or. It's a good question. Who knows? I don't know. So, anyway, you heard anyway. it here first. Damien has left the building. And The Descendants is one of the best films of the year. <laughs> Turning our attention now to Jared Hunt, this week's um, special guest star, <laughs> following in the footsteps of his um, employer, Alec Peters, who I believe was episode last week, no, 16, 16 or whatever. Alec Peter, episode 16, Alec Peters, and somebody, I'm not sure whether it was Ken Plumer. Uh, Matt Cohen added an exclamation point to the end of that title. There's like five or six exclamation points. No, there should be only one, because one. if there's five, five or six, six, I need to get in there. What What are you, t- 11 years old? Five <laughs> or six exclamation points? Um, Jared, very alive here. Very alive. I was, alive. And I'm, thank God for I'm it. I'm now pondering my own mortality after just it's listening to you guys. But that's it's okay. depressing. But you have children. I do. So, I, um, in a sense, you you live on through them. I will live on through my children, and they will remember always your your colonial phoenix from uh, Ron Moore's BSG, which is tattooed on your left wrist. They will. They will. Like I a actually, champ. I actually have. Do you have any other tattoos? I do have a couple tattoos. I have one on my neck. Um, What's that? It's a Chinese characteristic. Um, it's destiny. From Serenity. No. Okay. No, not at all. <laughs> Happy coincidence, maybe. Um, from Firefly? From Firefly. What's the other? And then I have a tattoo on the inside of my lip. What? what? Is it like the blade glyph? No. I, I remember that, though. Yeah. So what is it? It's it's a, just a design I came up with a very long time ago. On the Roll inside of your lip? <laughs> oh, come no, on. Yeah, Matt Cohen's yeah, back that from the cigarette actually, break outside. Actually, that was the first tattoo. I have a really tough time not trying to be a funny asshole during like serious stuff, so I was like, "This is probably a good time for me to leave the apartment." I think it, I think it was pretty good. Uh, I already made an almost made an Uncle Tom's Cabin joke during the beginning of that. So let I was me like, see this. I knew a kid. I was working on combat, and this kid had tats everywhere, and he had a lip. He had the same exact thing, except yeah. it said "You're silly." Mm-hmm. So when he pulled it down, it said "You're silly." That's Weird terrible. Kid. Yeah. yeah. I like yours way more, Jared. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I've Jack seen and, some people. It's meaningless. With Jack and Greg. That's what I like about it. Tattoo count. Do you guys have any? No, no right? No. Yeah. yeah. Do you? Yeah. What do you have? Yeah, the whole bit. The, the whole, whole, whole thing. Your whole back is just whole fucking things filled. I got Jacob. I got Edward. I got <laughs> Bella. The Nomad. <laughs> Peter the I have, Nomad. Uh, an Eric Odom tattoo. <laughs> no, ta- no tattoos for, for Jack and Greg? Um, no, I, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't have I would any do tattoos. It. Do you want to do it? I don't want to do it, but I would do it. I, I think, think you should do it. Are you getting inked tomorrow? It's like my friend Keith Clark says, and I can't remember who he's quoting, and I bet Greg Yolen's going to tell me as soon as I roll it. You ready? I don't know. I eat the ass, I eat the pussy, I eat every motherfucking thing. Ooh. <laughs> uh, that's what I was thinking too, yeah. <laughs> who is it? Jules Winfield, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're, I'm sure you're right. Um, I am the foot motherfucking I totally master. Get a, I would get a tattoo. I would totally get a tattoo because I will do anything. But do I want to? I'm not doing it tonight. Um, you're doing it tomorrow. What about tomorrow? Team Jack. Team Jack. Right across the back. The oh neck. Right on your neck. Yeah, right. I have a friend who I'm sure is not listening, but yeah, I'm gonna get paid there was done. a, uh, this was back in college, so I feel safe saying that and I won't name him. Um, but th- we were, we were, uh, I think really fucked up one night, probably in senior year. He'd been seeing this girl for about, uh, six months at this point, was very, very into her and was sort of just like, you know, spitballing about how he wanted to get her name tattooed on him and all this stuff. Right. And, you know, I'd heard this a couple times from him, and I was always like, oh, fuck off. You're not going to actually get that done. Right. And then one night he he brought it up again, and I was just fucked up enough and cruel enough that I was like, dude, you got to do it. Let's, You're doing it. We're going to do this. 
Really? And he went and he got this girl's name tattooed <laughs> oh in huge letters on his, Winona his, forever. Left, his left forearm, like big, big letters. And uh, they broke up two months later. Oh, um, and he and he's now. married. He is married to a woman who does not have his ex-girlfriend's name. Um, and he still has that tattoo. Does he really? He still has it. Which, you know, can he, can be the removed. Name, the name on the tattoo is Julie. Uh, but he got it done in, in a way that, uh, yeah, change it to Julia. So I love the month of July. Yeah, there's Ju- so many Julia. things. There's Julia. so many things you can literally do. You can just go July, August. Like, cause it already says July if you really yeah, think about it. Yeah, except that Julie isn't spelled J-U-L-Y. Ah. <laughs> We're fucked then. My, my idea was to, um. How near his wrist is, does it go? It goes, like, right up to his sleeve. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, like, right, right up. But that he, means he's got his entire bicep to put in orange. Orange Julia. Julius, <laughs> what's up? That's <laughs> true. Delicious. Delicious and nutritious. Delicious frosted I always thought treat. that he should go back and get a line tattooed through Julie, and then every girl that he subsequently dated get their name tattooed, <laughs> and then they broke up a line through it. So just just so he could keep track, you know? Exactly. Um, uh, yeah, no. What uh, a whore master. Well, the, the really unfortunate thing, and I'm sure that he would be the first to admit it, too, is that he got it done in a sort of... A, a, an intentionally almost childlike way. Uh-huh. Like instead of it being something that was fancy scripted or anything like that, it right. looks like someone took a Sharpie and wrote Julie on his on his arm in big letters. Right. And so when he was first going out and, and had this tattoo, I can't tell you how many times people went, oh, dude, who wrote Julie on your arm? And he's like, no, it's a tattoo. And people were just like, <laughs> shut up. Yeah, no, seriously. Really? And he was like, no, no, this is this is permanent. Does he this blame you? Um, I don't believe he blamed me. I'm probably in all in all seriousness. I'm probably uh playing up my uh my role in this because really I I didn't convince him to get the fucking tattoo. But after no, a certain time, the liquor did. I I was like, you know, shit or get off the pot, man. Yeah. I was not that. I was not the helpful friend saying you'll always regret this. Yeah. I was the one who's who said it's your life. Yeah. <laughs> how welcome, bad how can it go wrong how it. can it possibly go wrong <laughs> wow <laughs> shit yeah so that's wow. why that's why i'm not um in a hurry to get a tattoo but i think if i if i were to it would not be text i think that's the key it's like if if you have something written like language is very i don't know temporary right see i'm the opposite i only i only uh i have three tattoos right now i'm getting two more tomorrow and i only will ever do black text because I think pictures are weird. Like that, that. I completely agree with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the yeah. next tattoo. Because I'm, I'm all about text. I'm all about words and language, and these are things like you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair well, enough. It all means a lot. What is one? Is one tomorrow enough? No, I know because uh, I have like a list of eight I want to get, and I, I usually wait till I till I uh, deserve it. No shit. But otherwise, I'd be fucking sleeved right now. So I have to. It has to be big accomplishments in my life. Uh, I'm about to have a comic book start. Um, going so that's so like, tattoo day. Uh, you know what I mean? I have to split it up. Otherwise, I'd have fucking... Eh. So I'm getting the Mortal Kombat Game Gear Blood Code, which was 212 down up. Yes. Yeah. And Station with an exclamation point, which is... From uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Dream. There you go, wow, well done. Um, th- wow. Those are both pretty pretty baller tats. I guess I like... What up, yo? I like a lot of stuff <laughs> in this world. Like, I'm a passionate guy. Those tats I, are totally baller. I what love up? certain things, but I can't think of anything, like the most sacred thing in my life, that I love so much that I need to get it tattooed on me. You know what I mean? It's like, I love John Lennon. I love the Beatles. But, like, do I need uh, Imagine tattooed on my arm? Like, you no, definitely no. do. You I, do. I know it. I've seen your girl, so that's the one reason why I get that one. Well, fair enough. Okay. I am the walrus. <laughs> right. That would actually be maybe on my forehead. Cuckoo, cuckoo. You know, I'm about to be I'm 30. I feel like it's that. about time for... For what? For a, an I am the walrus, walrus forehead tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> if not now, when? <laughs> oh, Greg Gillen, without you... And Matt Cohen, there would be no humor on this show. There would only be my fucking monotone. There would be your monotone. Which stands on Io, the moon of Jupiter. So much sadness. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's the cavalcade. I'm a Morrissey. I have to bring the melancholia. That's what I do. 
and the, every day and is the like Latino Sunday. Youths. Fuck, you got me. Like I, I was grabbing the mic from him, and I was about to say, and there's an audience of 50 uh, cholos outside in with the finals pompadours, crying, just with crying. Uh, greased up pompadours. I've never. Can someone explain that to me? Can Hector was the youngest in the gang to die, or Hector was the first in the gang to die? Yeah, the yeah. first. Oh, okay. So that's why Latinos. He's really... a balladeer. Can someone also explain to me why in uh, Latin communities Looney Tunes are very big? Uh, beyond like uh, Speedy Gonzales, it's oh no, no it's right. it's that's, that's a good Bird. question. Yeah, yeah. It's, Taz. it's Tasmanian Devil. It's yeah, it may way it may have mo- reached its than, uh, its apex uh, in the nineties, but but certainly when you go if you drive down Western, say, yeah, you're going into East LA, you begin to see those uh, stuffed animals and backpacks and T-shirts yeah. that you just don't see anywhere except maybe Wildwood, New Jersey. Like maybe you'll see yeah. big stuffed Tweety birds in Wildwood or Atlantic City, Covered and then East LA. Covered in lice, hanging from the ceiling of a amusement arcade. <laughs> so you've been to Wildwood? No, I've I've, I've been to Redondo Beach. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, there's a That's giant like, amusement arcade down on the Redondo Pier that has yes, giant lice covered. I have also I've also been there. Yeah, plush animals. and and it is very very similar to Wildwood, New Jersey, where I've spent yeah. a lot of time. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a, I, I, you will appreciate this because Jack, Jack one of Jack's passions it. is, is rotting holes, buildings, holes in the wall where you can get the most delicious and terrible for you food. Absolutely. And there is a place in Wildwood, New Jersey, and this was my tradition every year, you know, we'd go to like the Jersey shore for a week. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's a water park. You go to the water park on, on the Wildwood pier, raging waters down there. You go real early so you don't have to wait in line. You do all the rides and then you get out at 11 just in time for Curly's Fries on Maury Pier to open up. And goddamn, if these aren't the most insane fresh fries. Wow. At 11 a.m. when it's just like. Covered in what? Covered in like, it's just like straight out of the fryer. You just take them oh, well, I, plain? I do it with uh, vinegar and salt. Nice. Yeah. And man, that place to me is like, can't go wrong. And it is an When are you taking me? Next time we're in Jersey, man. We'll go. Okay. I love Jersey. That'll be great, because that's where we're scoring Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2, <laughs> New Jersey. New Jersey. Part 1, which is London. My, uh, Part which 2, is Atlantic City. birthplace, lest anyone think I'm slogging it. Slogging it? Slagging it? Slagging it. Slagging. Snogging Whatever. it? My voice is a slog. And I'm bored of it. I'm bored of my voice. Of me voice. Remember when we used to talk about movies on this fucking thing, Jared? Movies. Over to you, okay. Jared. What? What? Why who are, are you here, you? Jared? Who are you? I I just showed up. I thought Greg I and I now house. are like the our two raptors who just no, no, nudged our way into the kitchen. <laughs> We're like, who the fuck are you on clever this couch? Girl. What are you doing here, Jared? You're a clever girl. You I'm can see you're working things yeah. out. Jared, you you uh, you're a film enthusiast. Um, semi, I guess. I like a lot of science fiction movies, but. What are you, what are, what's your holy grail? What do you do? Um, what do I do? Well, I mean, he works your, at prop. Works. I work at prop. What's your, no, I, well, not not what your job is. What's your shit? Like, what do you care about? What do I care about? Um, Battlestar. I care about Battlestar a lot. Yeah, Battlestar is huge. Um, other than that, we have Star Trek. Huge fan of Star Trek. Uh-huh. Not the original series. When you say so we, much. are you referring to you and God, Me the God, divine we, the divine? Yeah. What else <laughs> but, do we um, have? Me and yeah, Daddy. huge fan of Star Trek. Um, I like a lot of just regular science fiction, like television shows, mm-hmm. Farscape, Stargate. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, Fargate, Starscape. Yeah. <laughs> other and than frankly, that, yeah. what's the fucking difference? I don't know. Um, what are you into these days? How about The Walking Dead? Uh, the Walking Dead's good. It yeah, I'm loving it. It's coming back. The Descendants this month. <laughs> I haven't seen The Descendants. It's not better than The Walking Dead. Yeah, but not unrelated. Are you watching The Walking Dead? I am. You like it? Love it. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it may be the only thing I'm watching these days, although I'm waiting for March and the Gang of Thrones, or Game of Gang Thrones. Gang of Thrones. Gang, Gang of, of Thrones, Thrones and... Hector was the first in the gang. Boardwalk <laughs> Umpire, my new favorite shows. Boardwalk Empire, which I've, I've tried watching twice, and both times I have cried myself to sleep because it's so boring. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Yeah. People will have people have great patience for whatever HBO puts on the air. I yeah. have to say they will like because HBO reinvented that idea of 
what you have to show in any given episode to entertain someone. They're like, no, 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 these are load-bearing episodes. This is a load-bearing season. <laughs> this is setting up a season that's going to be real entertaining three seasons from now. But you have to watch three seasons. And then there will be a payoff. And people will be like, oh, yeah, that was a really boring episode. But you know they're setting up this and that and the other thing. Right. For right. me, I want instant gratification. If it doesn't involve Homer Simpson, I'm not into it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back, up? back to you, Jared. Back to you, Jared. Um, Game That's of Thrones. J A double R O D. Yes. For anyone well, wondering, two R's O D. Jared Hunt. J A R R O D. Matt Cohen. Get it right. And by the way, who put an exclamation point after Alec Peter's name in the episode title last week? You oh. or Ken Plume? Oh, probably me. That's fine. That's okay. I don't mind. It suits his. It suits his personality. It suits his personality. Well, how many was it? Was it one or like? It was five? one. You sure? One. Yeah, he's oh. not twelve. <laughs> exactly. I'll go one question mark one. Oh, I love that move. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is the question mark allowed to be on the inside of two exclamation points, or yeah. must it always be yes. first? You, if, if you're doing a, a question that's yelled, uh-huh. it can be exclamation question exclamation question. Can it be exclamation question and that's it? Um, or does it need no, to be question actually, exclamation? It would be question ex- exclamation. Right. The question mark would come first and then the exclamation point. But right. I think if you're doing that, if you're really yelling a question, well, all grammar. You think seriously about rewriting that line of dialogue. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> just. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It doesn't you really, really need that matter. To get the delivery over, Jared. Back to you. Back to Jared. Me. Back to you. Back to me. Question mark exclamation. Game of Thrones. You were talking about it. Yeah, it's horrible. Don't like it. You know, really, I, like that's it. when I'm talking about that HBO stuff. Yeah. I was real bored. See, everybody I know watches it, and I think I saw two episodes and didn't want to get back into but it. But I all. heard they're the dragons. Yeah, they're oh, totally dragons in episode in season two. Season one is load bearing. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, there are no dragons in season one. No. Okay, there are fucking dragons in season. I don't know. They're the little tiny dragons. Yeah. Aww. Spoiler alert. Aww. Aww. Just wait for the Hobbit. You'll get a dragon. Not necessarily in part one. I won't. Oh. I may have to wait for the Hobbit saga. Saga. Part two. Yeah. Are they are they splitting it in two, two pieces? <sighs> Jared. Yeah. Whatever, totally Jared. Go to the newsstand and pick totally up a copy of, of Starlog magazine Star- and get or Farlog or Starscape <laughs> or Far. <laughs> Scape or Farfignugan. Um, yeah, The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, yeah. and Hobbit Part Two, Electric Boogaloo. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yep. Questions. 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 Floating into the mind of the concerned Quirks, young persons. Queries, just... <laughs> I, I got it. I got it. I'm always good for a Mr. Show reference. Um, um, and and you've driven all the way out to us from. He's from, driven all the way up here from from Lakewood. Lake Lakewood. Lakewood. Yeah, so it's about an hour and a half. A little bit Lakewood. Past Long I'm going to give you a little uh, bar advice in Lakewood. You ready? Don't go <laughs> on Lakewood Boulevard. New no. Wave Cafe. Yeah? Yeah. It's a restaurant bar that's totally themed to the 80s. It's just missing persons playing on a loop. There are LP uh, LP covers framed on the walls. There are uh, movie posters on the walls. And well chosen, I thought, you know, yes, there is Back to the Future. There is the Goonies. But there's also Last American Virgin, which, while it's not the most esoteric one sheet from the 80s. I'll still give you points for not exactly being like, you know, a poster from the top 10 highest grossing movies of the decade. Can we, while we're on the subject, can we just uh, put it out there that Matthew Broderick reprising his role of... Yes. Yeah, have we all seen this? Yeah. Matt for, Cohen, have you seen for it? a Honda commercial Yeah. at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Add it to the nothing sacred list. Well, and here's my question. If John Hughes were still alive, that's a yes. Would that have flown? I would venture to I, say I, no, no, 
because for one thing, I Paramount know that would have checked with him and he'd have shit. He would have shit canned it. And he and Broderick were had been kicking around the idea of Ferris Bueller takes a day off from work for yeah. years. Yeah. But then again, he did write Baby Geniuses, so uh, you never know. Well, you I never, think didn't he write Baby's Day Out? Know. Baby's Day. Oh, out. you're right, Baby's Day Out, which is yeah, get it right. It, Cohen. Baby's Day Out is better than Baby better Geniuses, marginally. Then baby, baby doesn't geniuses. talk that one for. I, I like a talking baby. I actually kind of I, in what context? I actually kind Matt of like Cohen. any, any <laughs> context. Any context? <laughs> Not any. Not really any. Here's context. my question though about this whole reprising the Ferris Bueller thing. I watched the trailer. Unless we were told, like, click the link for the Ferris Bueller thing. It's just Matthew Broderick talking to a camera. Yeah, yes, and but it's goes, with the yellow song. I, oh yeah. So it's not yellow. But doesn't he kind of technically reprise that role every time he fucking wakes up? Like it's not like it's not like a lot of monster makeup. It's not like you know what I mean. It's not like Bela Lugosi going back to vampire Dracula or something. I don't know. Mm, It's the first time Matthew Broderick has played Ferris Bueller since 1986, probably. Yes, that's true. So is the character that definable though? That's what I mean. Or his his speech patterns and his characteristics. Super Bowl spot. Totally. Like yeah. you'd be like, oh, that's Ferris Bueller, and not yes. just Matthew Broderick. When yes. he stands okay, there see, and, and uses both Bueller hands fan. to open the curtains at the same time oh, in that way, and then stares directly into the camera and delivers a line saying, "How could I possibly go to work on a day like today?" Yeah, it's Ferris Bueller. It's I, Ferris Bueller. I was in the FBDO. It's folks. a very, it's a very 2012 uh, position to be in, I guess, and it's just pathetic. Where I actually found myself in order to watch the 10 second preview of the 30 second commercial which yeah. i will see next weekend yeah i had to sit through another commercial on youtube <laughs> yeah. in order to watch the 10 second preview for a commercial yeah. and i was like boy this is what this is what life is now you have to i generally have no issue have for that. the record i mean uh, i don't know hang on i'm thinking about this as i say it. do i have an if do i have an issue with matthew broderick reprising Ferris Bueller, or for that matter, any of those actors reprising famous characters from John Hughes films, now that Mr. Hughes has, like Damien Bona and Bingham Ray, moved on. Um, I'm not sure, but even if I fall on the side of, I'm down with it, does it have to be for a piece of advertising? I wish it weren't. It's directed uh, by Todd Phillips, this Honda commercial. Really? Yeah. And if you and if you really want to, uh, if if you ever needed a sort of handy uh, chart by which to understand the the general like quality of comedy filmmaking today versus twenty years ago, right? Todd Phillips versus John Hughes, right yeah. there. Like that says. Can you roll much. Todd Phillips's credits for? Well, again, Todd Phillips. For... Todd Phillips' last film was the heinously sloppy and bad and unfunny Hangover Two. Before that, it was The Hangover, which is criminally overrated. Uh, before that, you have School for Scoundrels. You have uh, his best. His best film is Road Trip, uh, which right. is saying a whole lot, as we <laughs> as we know. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, this guy is like a perfectly okay comedy director, but his films are about nothing. And then, and then incidentally, he's made. Um he did old school, of course, but he did old school, um, also terribly overrated. His documentaries are fucking great, though. He did uh, a fish documentary called Bittersweet Motel. He did a frat hazing documentary. I'm bored. I'm bored. Called I think Haze, and he, I think he did the <laughs> no, G.G. Allen frat party. I think or he did the G.G. Allen thing. Uh, maybe. So those are the three. Like yeah, yeah, those are three pretty fucking good docs. I think so. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Fine. All I've ever heard about him is he's one of the angriest men in show business. Have you heard that? I've heard that he he's a little uh, he's a little uppity. I haven't heard that. I've heard he's the one of the angriest men in show business. I don't know what he is. What do you mean by for, a, by angry? Angry. Like, he's like really angry. Well, I mean, John Hughes' great films are memorable, and they're like humanist. Like they're about yeah. characters who you yeah. feel for, they're very warm, and and you love even when they're being total irresponsible assholes yeah. and Todd Phillips films are about irresponsible assholes and that's it example yeah. example okay. in in what is considered his best movie certainly his most popular movie hangover well i guess it's not his most popular cuz hangover 2 is actually bigger uh bigger financially bigger financially bigger uh, hit yeah the Zach Galifianakis character in that film whichever people celebrate him in that movie okay there's a joke early in that movie 
when he talks about having been like charged with being a pedophile. Okay. And he's a pedophile. Literally? Uh, and then, yes. And he really is? And then, later in the film, he comes into pos- uh, possession of a baby. And they drop the joke completely. There's no reference to it. All that we know is that this guy who is into kids ha- now has a baby on him. And there was something and that I found... Teaching how to jerk off. Yes, exactly. What? There was something yeah. that's... Yes, he, he uses his tiny little hand to jerk off. There's nothing... There's nothing introspective. There's nothing interesting. It's just unsettling and gross, and it goes nowhere. It just goes nowhere, and it's it actually. I mean, I don't take offense at things, and I didn't really take offense at that. But I thought, my oh my, isn't that like poorly done? Wow. Yeah, and in poor taste. How can you have a a character who's meant to be sympathetic to the point where an an audience is laughing and feeling warm feelings I, I wouldn't say the audience is caring about him but how can you have that character be a pedophile honestly i don't know how do you make that work uh, that but it's it, that's a scarlet you letter make it, you make it work in the same way that everything else about that movie works which is that it cycles through jokes incredibly quickly uh-huh. it goes joke to joke to joke to joke to joke and it's uh-huh. over and that's it wow and it's and it's done that's a lot there's, like there's nothing to it life it's just and then it's fucking it's laugh and then die then it's done. And then you're dead. And now I'm angry as Todd Phillips. <laughs> anyway. Jared, back Jared, to you. Jared, what's up? Do, do you like The Hangover? Um, I like the first one. It was all right. What and about then, that pedophile? You're wrong! But what about that pedophile the, the character? Pedophile, you're a pedo! Really a pe- okay, the pedophile joke was... <laughs> How do you feel about a masturbating baby? <laughs> yeah. Do you feel good about that? Funny. I do you feel good about it. that? You are a father of three, and you're laughing at a baby jerking off <laughs> because after i saw that i just went and just oh God. and just what and just never mind helped then. yourself he Help made myself. a lewd hand gesture <laughs> he is our gesture you are he's this gesture. week's gesture <laughs> and oh, may i say Saya. just effervescently chatty jared i am i know i'm sorry <laughs> it's it's fun listening to you guys is this what you were expecting yes pretty much is it all you hoped it would be it is I it's a comfortable it. couch, isn't it? It is. We're in my apartment this week, friends. Yeah, and like, uh, and Jared, like so many of our guests before, uh, is actually a Team Jack fanboy. Uh, yeah, I started listening to all the... Uh, Who started bugging week. me uh, like about coming on or whatever, and I was just like, sure, whatever, dude. You know, we'll just slot you in. I don't think so. I wasn't you bugging. texted a number of times, and oh, you were like, derp a derp 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 once. No, there were some late-night texting and Late-night yeah, drunken exactly. texts, but that's okay. Exactly. Put me on your podcast, quote, unquote. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've been listening for the past week, and it's it's a great show. I love it. Good. Yeah. Thank you. What can we do to improve it? Matt, you know, I'm going right there because this is what keeps things interesting. And by the way, there's nothing else. All we have is this moment. Welcome to your life. There's no turning back. I dare you to move. Damien's gone. He's 57. I could be next. You could be next. Hepatitis from that fucking needle. And bang, you're gone. Greg Yolen, you could be next. Jared Hunt, you could be next. So I'm going right there. What can we do to improve this podcast? You know what people online think we could do? We could tell Matt Cohen to shut the fuck up. Have you read that? No, really? What? Every, like, yeah. Um, I read like some comments up. at iTunes and also some comments beneath, like when I put links up to episodes every week or whatever on my Facebook page or whatever, I went back, I think I was cleaning up my Facebook or whatever in advance of Michael Crichton's timeline. And um, I read, it's like, I just wish that Matt Cohen wouldn't be so vocal or whatever blah 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 blah. is it because matt cohen you're overexposed on sir i i i I don't think it's that i think it might be uh is it your annoying voice some of your my voice they're jealous hey sexy some of your fan base might not particularly uh take a liking to my sensibility perhaps you have sensibility uh, <laughs> sense and sense. He got no Wait, sense, Matt, but he's how got many, sensibility. How many hours a week do you podcast? How many do I pro- combine? How, with how many hours or of me personally are you? Uh, do you how many hours of Cohen Blab are are uh, all through the network? Like nine and a half. 
Nine and a half a week. And then I produce probably an, an additional weeks. like six without me talking. So I'm doing like <laughs> 14 hours Wait, of podcast who are these, a week. these assholes who I are don't know. No, it's not that. Here's the deal. I'll stop being vocal. We'll see what happens to the show. Fucking... No, I'm kidding. Well, here's my, here's my theory. Like we just started this on a lark. We started because Kevin was after me for a year and a half or whatever to do it. And it's just like. Just like I Jared. roped Greg into doing it. And then Matt Cohen comes and what? He sits here with his little tabletop mixer. And he's meant to shut the fuck up. When it what turns did, uh, out, by the way... That's not part of the deal, listeners. I didn't even know, like, half the shit that you're speaking of, obsessives who obsess... What did, I think an English teacher once said, I have an... Uh, describing me to someone else who then told me, they're like, oh yeah, Miss Smith was talking about you. She said you had an abrasive personality, but she meant it as a compliment. You know, I got I, exactly the same Which compliment. I, I think it's a polarity thing. Like, people either yeah. dig my shit or they fucking despise me. Yeah. And if they dig me, they masturbate to me. If they despise me, they write you fucking Facebook comments. And they're like, I don't like that Matt Cohen fellow. He doesn't know enough about the breaking. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. You know what I think you're doing, though? You just slipped into your Bane voice. Was that my. Which is like my favorite thing. I don't like that Matt Cohen man on the podcast. (laughs) He talks too much. (laughs) He doesn't like Twilight. You don't like Twilight? I love Twilight. No, no, no. Let let the record show. No Twihard, because I know them all if they're commenting on the show. So they're not, it's not the Twihards twi commenting. It's not right. Twihard Nation. Right on. What's the demographic, would you say, that didn't like my... Uh, I don't I'm, know. I'd, I'd, I'd be I don't curious. Let's do, let's do a, a, a Gallup poll. Whoops. Just fucking go on iTunes. Open up <laughs> iTunes. Go to the iTunes store and look up the comments. I think we only have like seven. Listen, I draw a lot of heat for my uh, positions uh, all the time. I understand what it is to be a lightning rod of controversy. Okay? <laughs> And sometimes you just got to put yourself out there, like Matt does, uh-huh. and you got to say... Oh, I have no pants on right now. He's, well, yeah, he, and that's, by the way, this is a, a Target. Put myself out there. I like target. it. It's comfy. Yeah. Thank God it's not Kmart. Well, on, it's on... The rug that... The area rug that Matt's sitting on. Uh, you know, sometimes sometimes you just got to... You got to get out there. Yeah. And you got to give your opinion, and you got to say, The Hangover, it, it's for pedophiles. And I'm sure I, that a bunch of people are going to be commenting, they're and picketing thinking outside, and talking right about now. me all the, the time. All those Morrissey fans are now picketing you. Like they switched from yeah. from celebrating the music of Morrissey. Every day um, is like also, I've been doing this like four and a half years now. I couldn't give a fuck anymore. Yeah, about negative. You know what I mean? Good. Yeah. yeah, yeah so, Good. I almost never read the comments. Like, I don't. I, I don't, don't even comments, think. Yeah. Honestly, I don't, I can't remember the last time I opened iTunes store and even looked. I don't know. It's not why we do it. How can you have someone sitting in the room silently, like doing a job, and you know all this shit about something? And and I've done. No, that. no, no. Shut up. And I've done. No, that. no, no. Shut up. Is it? Shut up. This is it. What if I do have like <laughs> this? What's I've sat in on other shows and not talked. Like you know what I mean? It's just. A, I don't know. I feel like I can contribute. Episode. I'm all about it. That movie's going to be Why did you blow that football field up and send all those football players down into the the abyss? I I can't even think right now. Um, I'm kind of pissed off, actually. A little bit. I'm I'm genuinely a little bit pissed off about the fucking comments. Well. Good fuck them. Really? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's just roll the tape back about two minutes. Uh, No, no, no. Because, (laughs) I don't know, you say there's only like seven reviews. I think this is a pretty fucking casual podcast. I don't think I... It's pretty chill. I think this is as chilled out as I am on any of my fucking shows in terms of offensiveness and fucking opinionated. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I I play this pretty fucking mellow, so... Right. They don't like that. Don't fucking listen to my other shows. That that's what. The, the, well, that's the, a given. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine if they love my other shows, but they're just like, I don't like. I don't like, like him on Team Jack. I don't, I don't like know him. what it is. It's like he's just he's just different. I uh, I was writing all those comments too. I'm a masochist. <laughs> it's fine. You read all the comments. Oh yeah, and I cry and masturbate at the same time. No, I wrote those comments. The negative Matt Cohen oh, comments. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I self hate. I cut because I feel it, it's cut. You're cutting to feel. At least I'm feeling something. Exactly. You know what <laughs> I mean? At least when he beats me, he's showing me that he knows I'm there. Hits me because he loves me. Exactly. So you guys hit you hit me because you love me. Thank I you. engaged uh, me, baby, kind one of more by time. accident in a um, what became a sort of Facebook flame war this week. Really? Yeah, which I really didn't I didn't mean to, except that I just wanted to get in, completely uh, eviscerate this this crazy woman's argument, and then pop back out. But then I I, I guess I have a little free time. Um, <laughs> basically what it came down to is that this, this girl on like my old college, like friends feed 
right. began to make really uh, sort of like racist comments about slavery having like not been very bad and really? how and how we're and she she made some comment like in a sense we're all slaves today to and who? and i and i wrote i was like hi i'm sorry i don't know you this just popped up in my news feed but um no we are not all slaves today and that is wow. a ridiculous assertion we're all slaves to the rhythm yeah I mean, and then and then she starts like coming back at me and like you know and throwing shit back in my face like how can you say that or couldn't you be bought for a price and i was like yeah, I can definitely be bought, but I have, a, I have a choice in the matter. Like, that is clear. Yeah. And she keeps on going and getting more and more sort of, like, overtly racist. Like, at first, I wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt. It's like, maybe right. she's trying to make some abstract point and not quite g- using the right language. And finally, she got so racist that I just wrote, um, like, Happy New Year, 16, 1675. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but it, well was, done, it was pretty interesting. Like, by the end, she was That's just awesome. hurling, hurling homophobic epithets. and Wow. Yeah. That woman was Glenn Close. It was somehow As Glenn. Albert Nobbs. <laughs> what, what was the amazing Steve, speaking of the Oscars, the amazing Steve Martin line a couple years ago when he hosted with Alec Baldwin? When he looks at Meryl Streep in the audience, it was like the only, really, like the only truly great line that night. And he okay. goes, ladies and gentlemen, Meryl Streep, everyone who always works with Meryl says two things. One, man, what an actress. And two, what's with all the Hitler memorabilia? <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. Oh, Steve Martin. Oh, Damien Bona. Oh, Damien Bona. Oh, Academy Awards telecast. Um, what other, um, what movie previews can we, this is completely uh, scrape, scrape, <laughs> this scrape. This is rubbish. I am curious, and since rubbish. I do so little reading of my own, what, uh, who spot what expensive TV spots movie-wise for the Super Bowl? Ooh, that I don't know. I don't even no. know what, I, did, I have no frame of reference. That, oh, yeah, because of the Bueller thing. I don't even, I don't watch sports. Right. I know that the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 1 DVD 30-second spot is going to be up. Is that so? Yeah, I believe so. That's good. Isn't there another Twilight thing that I sent you from Ann Thompson's oh, email, yeah, like a Twilight knockoff Volkswagen commercial or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Did you watch it? No. It's hip detached vampires standing by a car or something. I don't know. Young. Um, I, I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. Hmm. Um, hmm. I can say that one thing that, that we did... Uh, over uh actually maybe i can't say this the target thing i guess i can't it's out is it out Do well nobody know knows what the scene is but they well, know yeah, that it's yeah. being played okay yeah well if then you buy we, your twilight saga breaking dawn part one dvd at target at target at like 12 midnight on february 10th 11th technically 1201 a.m which is uh, a saturday so you, if you're there at mid you will friday see midnight the scene from the twilight saga breaking dawn part two yeah uh, and have you we, seen the scene as it's being presented? Yes. Because it's not mm, censor, censor. It's not exactly the way it'll appear in the finished film, right? Uh, it's it's not, but that's only that's it's got a rough goes, uh, it goes temp with song the territory it. of it being um, you work know, in progress. It's st- we're still in director's cut mode. Uh, yeah, I mean the song that's that's playing is hopefully going to be the song in the scene because that actually works pretty nicely. But but we'd have to license and pay for that song in advance. Precisely, probably not. So, just because uh, those conversations haven't happened yet. I think so. Well, we yeah. still have a long road to travel. I know many computer generated wolves. To yeah. plug into to fully realize <laughs> our, um, our frames. What did I just hear? I just heard something else. Oh, Matt Cohen says we're at an hour, and Matt's got some place to be. Um, <laughs> no, you actually totally Matt? misunderstood me at the top of the show when I said, "Why aren't we starting now?" or something like that. I was I was talking about something else. Oh, I you no. Um, when. The other point I'm going to make, since we do have a twi-hard listenership, is let's just say that one scene from part two that you'll peep at Target, and then I'm sure you'll peep on YouTube about five minutes later. And you will be sued. Um, is not the last that you'll see from part two for a while. Is not the last. Is not the last. I think there's more coming later. I'm sure there's more. On the sooner side of later. Frankly, I don't. I can't. How soon is now? What's up, Smiths? Can't keep track. Oh my god. 
I know. Uh, with, with Lionsgate is Summit. Summit is Lionsgate. We are through the looking glass, people. Yep. And now you're on the inside. Jared, back to you. Jared, parting well, thoughts were at an hour. My whole thought on this is... Yes. I don't know. I don't know. That's it? <laughs> That's it. Jared, are you on Twitter? Uh, I am. What's your Twitter handle since Jared you've Hunt. been so fascinating for this hour? <laughs> J-A-R-R-O-D. Hunt. H-U-N-T. Um, if you're into Battlestar, if you're into... Yeah. Firefly, any kind of science fiction, I tattoos, guess you can check me out. Um, and you use up tattoos. all 144 characters. I do every day, <laughs> every day. Um, Greg Yolen, you're on Twitter. You're, are you I tweeting? Guess I'm on Twitter. Are you uh, tweeting? Uh, no, not really. No, I'm not either. I'm terrible. And thanks to all the ladies on Team Jack for not getting on my ass about the all fact I, that all I do. Apparently. I'm an absentee landlord, and can I hand that over to you? Because <laughs> on Twitter, I'm a total absentee landlord. God is an absentee landlord. <laughs> no, I, I can't get enough of Matt Cohen's Bane from Chris Nolan's Dark Knight, whatnot, or Greg Yolen's Pacino. Or there from, was another voice that you did. I heard recently on another episode that was oh, cracking me up too. Was it walking? I only do walking and Pacino. No, there was like a, another voice, or maybe it was a voice Seth Sherman did. Um, that's possible. It was awesome. Whatever. I was I was Demi more high on whippets that whole podcast, man. And occasionally I see a little opening and I say something in a Pacino voice, but that whole time I was uh, I don't I don't know. Ashton took me to ER shortly right. thereafter. Right. All right. Team Jack on Twitter. Team underscore Jack. Team Jack on Facebook. Look for the cartoon that you can see at smogcast.com. And... Damien Bone, rest in peace. Damien Bone, rest in peace. Uh, we'll see you all next week, hopefully. You never know. <laughs> oh, will it? Out. So you're saying to yourself, yo, sir, dude, I wanted to see Kevin Smith in Halifax, Nova Scotia, but the motherfucker sold out. Well, after I shed a tear for you, I highly recommend bookmarking csmod.com. That's the place on the worldwide interwebs to see all upcoming Smodco shows, updated with linky links to ticky tickets. Say it with me, baby. csmod.com. Nice. Ooh, I just got a little hard there. So, you're saying, yo, sir, dude, I love sir, and I want to show the world. Wear your sir love with our official t-shirts, biatch. Fishies have no eyes. Let us fuck. Jay and Silent Bob get old. The Garmy. There's also posters, action figures. There's so many to choose from. Grab your smirch at smodcast.com. Scroll down and click on merchandise.